Welcome to the realm of magic and mystery, classic horror and sci-fi. You are now entering the House of the Unusual podcast with your hosts, Eddie and Joe. Welcome all you cool ghouls and friendly fiends to the House of the Unusual podcast. I'm your host, Joe Pavlansky. With me, as always, is the maestro of mail-order mysteries, Eddie Guevara. Also with us tonight, we have horror magician extraordinaire Chuck Caputo and our buddy Mike Mesmer. What's up, guys? How's it going? Good. How are you, Joe? Uh, awesome. Everybody? Awesome. So uh, before we get started here, uh, let's turn it over to uh, to Mike and Chuck and see what's going on with them and what's new. I know they, they've been pretty busy with shows and everything. So, uh, Michael, we'll, we'll turn it over to you first. What's uh, What's new with you and... Welcome aboard again. Hey, thanks. Glad to be back with you guys. Uh, yeah, I have been on tour. Uh, we, we, last week, I was at Castle Amusement Park here in Southern California. And then we, last weekend at, in uh, Portland, Oregon, actually doing some incredible things. One of the most interesting things was uh, I was at this club called The Loft, and they're doing what they call digital, digital mapping uh, projecting on the walls. And so they change the walls throughout the evening. And even though it's just a plain, like, concrete wall, the walls look like Las Vegas on the strip with video. And then when my show was on, it looked like a theater with red curtains, lavish red curtains, and a big billboard with my name. But it's, like, almost dimensional. It's really amazing work. And I hadn't seen that done in a small venue before. I've seen it at Disneyland on the castle when they do their fireworks show. But now they're doing this in smaller venues, and it's pretty amazing. It's really visually uh, very, very interesting. Yeah, that's, that sounds really good. So you've definitely been keeping busy. you have any other upcoming projects or anything that you're, you're able to talk about or would like to talk about? Well, right now I'm just getting ready to do some more shows this coming weekend. And also I continue to do work, uh, uh, as I mentioned to you guys earlier, I, I continue to work on my new book on ghost hunting, which will be um, coming out in 2023. But it's a lot of work. You know how it is, Joe. You write too, so you understand. But uh, it's, it's really intensive work, but I'm enjoying it. That's awesome. You know, when I, what was funny is when I, uh, when I did my, my first book, the uh, Images of America of Camel, a history book on the city of Camel, and um, I was doing a little um, kind of like presentation at Barnes and Nobles with some other authors, and there was a, a lady sitting next to me uh, who also wrote a, a history book, and she was saying, you know, she was giving her a little spiel about the book and everything, and uh, somebody asked her, you know, what did what did you find most, you know, interesting about the the process of of writing the book and all that? Some, some kind of question like that. And she said, you know, of just how lonely it was. She goes, I found myself, you know, eight ten hours a day, you know, just sitting at the desk by myself doing research and writing. And I looked over. Exactly. I said, you know what? I said, I'm the same way. I said, I spent five days a week in a little attic at this lady's house going through boxes about eight hours a day by myself. I said, I never really thought about it, but yeah, it was kind of lonely. Is that kind of what you've been finding out as well? Oh yeah. But you know, Joe, I, I do work mostly, I like to work in the evening, especially till like four or five in the morning. So uh, most of the people that are around me are asleep by then. So I am lonely. Yes, for sure. It's long hours. <laughs> But uh, they're solitary hours primarily. So, uh, you know, it, it works out kind of good. Of course, I sleep uh, some of the time. I would rather be with others, but I get more creative at night. That's just when my, I sort of uh, am a vampire, I guess, by nature. Yeah, that, that's kind of how I am. Whenever I do any articles or research, I find myself, you know, 
being able to do it more at night than I can during the day. I mean, it's, it's actually for some reason, very hard for me to, to concentrate or to get in the mood to do any writing or research during the day. But come nighttime, man, I, you know, I'm rip warm, ready to go, you know, all night till four or five in the morning. And then, Absolutely. you know, do find that, you know, kind of looking back at it, it is kind of, you know, you're just there by yourself, just you and the computer, a stack of books and, you know, whatever else. And then, and, and that's it. But yeah, that's definitely odd. I, I kind of wonder how many people out there, you know, I'm sure everybody has their time when, when they're able to write. I remember reading a book uh, a few years ago about Clive Barker and he would say, you know, as soon as he woke up in the morning, he'd have a cup of coffee, a cigar, and he'd start writing and just write all day long. I said, there's no way. I said, when I wake up, man, it takes me a good two hours to actually wake right, up. I right. said, I don't want to, you know, write first thing in the morning. I, I couldn't even get into the groove to do it. So no. that's kind of interesting. No, well, I think you get more creative at night. I mean, uh, it's like when you when I was younger, I would always listen to radio shows late at night because you it, it opens your imagination more. So you can access that part of your mind that normally you wouldn't access during the day when you have so many distractions, light, you know, people around at night, you're solitary. And so your mind is your whole, you know, tool. So it, it really works well for writing as long as you, as long as you don't mess up because sometimes late, late at night, you start, you know, repeating or something. So you've got to watch yourself, but, but generally speaking, nighttime is the right time for writing. Yeah. There's, there's definitely been some times where I would, I'd be sitting down and researching and, Next thing I know, I, you know, 20 minutes or something has gone. I had nodded off, you know, my, my head in my hand or something and <laughs> go grab a cup of coffee and, you know, do a little bit of stretching or something and, and go right back at it. And, but that was, you know, kind of the process that worked for me. Now, Chuck, oh, yeah. you're, you know, you're a creative guy and, and, you know, make a lot of things, you invent a lot of stuff and you're always doing, do you have a certain time of day that, that works for you? You know what? I would have to agree with you guys towards it's, it's like towards the evening, definitely. And I always sleep with a with a notepad and a pencil next to me because some of my best ideas come while I'm sleeping. I actually. Yes. I, yes. I actually think of these things and I jump up and I and I write them down. So, yeah, I mean, it does. It does happen all hours of the night, actually, particularly particularly in the evenings, you know, and I do like to build things once things calm down, maybe like around eight o'clock at night or something. I'll get the. I'll get the soldering iron out and I'll, and I'll drop some schematics and so forth, you know, but, mm -hmm. uh, but Hey, Hey, but Michael mentioned about the projecting out here in Pittsburgh, my wife and I, last week we went to a Van Gogh exhibit and, uh, Oh it, yeah. It, you know what? It was actually pretty cool. It was based on that same principle, Michael. I mean, like there wasn't no actual paintings that they brought with them they had filmed the, the photographs and they made them move on the, on mm. the wall on uh, three sides of the walls. So, like, they actually brought the paintings to life. Uh, the only bad thing is that, you know what, we, we all had to go on the floor. We were laying on the floor, and there was people in their 80s and 90s, and they had a hard time getting up. But I tell you what, it was a really, really cool, a lot of classical music, you know, the Four Seasons and so forth. And it was it was a really cool exhibit, and they're actually going from city to city. It's the Van Gogh, um, I forget, uh, Immersion or uh, Van oh. Gogh. So you know what? It'll be coming to a city near you. Committed. It's really, really cool. Now, why were you on the floor? I'm curious. You know what? There was no seats. I mean, it was just that way. They said, "Okay, get a, you know." So, so like wow. some, some people sat. I actually took my shoes off and used them as a pillow. <laughs> and, uh, and so it was an experience, man. But I tell you what, it was really, really cool. It was about 25 minutes long, 
and then you could you could tour the place too and they had some things on the wall like replicas and there was a gift shop they had some really cool gifts there but they mm. did not they did not take cash i thought that was strange because have my card on me so i picked out some things to purchase and then the woman said oh we don't take cash i said you gotta wow yeah it was it was it was crazy but you know what are you gonna do you know but it hey seems like a lot more places are going towards that where they're only taking credit cards or debit cards yeah i mean they you know i was gonna buy maybe 70 dollars worth of stuff i mean so they lost sure. yeah i couldn't i couldn't believe it you know but yeah i mean but as far as the magic goes it's been very busy uh, tonight i had a show at 7 p.m so i made it back a little bit after nine o'clock, you know, and then I'm booked the weekend and so forth. And yeah, this is, this is one of the busiest months, the month of October and the month of December are the busiest, you know? Yeah. So I've been doing a lot of traveling and thank goodness the weather's been pretty good. It's cold out here in Pittsburgh, but it's not snowy or anything yet. Now, what, uh, who did you perform for tonight, Chuck? Uh, this was, this was a, you know where they get together so they had a bunch of kids they were all different ages the, so there were some kids that were who were sitting on the floor just like the van gogh exhibit and there was some of the yeah. and there was uh, some of the bigger kids now my my uh, rabbit that i use unfortunately is not doing well he's about 11 years old he's losing weight oh. yeah i could tell so he's in pretty bad health now i do have a backup rabbit and uh, my wife bought him about two years ago i use dwarf rabbits because they fit into the boxes properly yes they're great yeah, now this guy that sold the rabbit to my wife, this backup one lied. This thing is huge. I mean, I can't, I can't fit him into the box. Like, he's just gigantic. So I'm kind of in a frenzy here. We, you, but know, you don't I, have to get him in the boxes. You just make him appear, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. So, uh, so we're looking on Craigslist. <laughs> I have to come up with a rabbit within the next couple of days here, or a Rex rabbit or a dwarf rabbit. You know, but this one lasted about eleven or twelve years. He's in pretty bad health. He's a He's a really, yeah, he's a really, really cool rabbit. I mean, you know, it's it's a shame to see him like this, but I can tell. You know, I've had rabbits for over thirty-five years. I can tell when they start to lose weight and they're just right. Like, yeah, he possibly even had a stroke or something. I don't know. Yeah, it's a shame. Oh, uh, guy. Yeah. Well, you know, it's it's good to hear that you guys are are finally getting around. You know, starting to do a lot more shows, and it seems like everything's starting to get back to, I guess, somewhat some, some type of normalcy. You know. So that's always, always good to hear. Every once in a while, they ask me to wear a mask. I mean, and that's kind of rough. Yeah. Uh, you know, what? I have a beard and everything, and man, I tell you what, itchy, <laughs> and I can't, I can't breathe right in that thing. But, yeah, but Chuck, Chuck, you know, when I do hypnosis shows now, many of them I have, have to wear, first of all, the seats are all uh, space for social distancing, and then I wear a mask, and then they wear a mask, and they also wear gloves, and I wear gloves. Oh. So... Yeah, so I, I do a whole hour show that way, just, you know, doing oh. hypnosis. So it's it's challenging, but, you know, we have to meet the challenge. I was doing, um, I was actually doing some hypnotherapy yesterday at the Younger Medical Group, and they, they haven't had us come in for a long time because of COVID, you know, one-on-one with clients. But yeah. um, uh, we both had to wear masks and social distance during the session, so. Wow, that's amazing. Wow, that, that's great. Yeah, that would definitely be uh, that would definitely be challenging in, in and of itself, not, you know, adding on to everything else that that comes with it so definitely uh hat tip to both of you guys especially for getting out there you know and and doing all these shows in the the state of the the world that we're in right now yeah so. it's a, you know what it's a different world that's for sure but if i had to wear a mask all the time i, I would shave i would definitely get rid of this beard wow <laughs> never get rid of the beard chuck <laughs> yeah it's it is rough though wow yeah so eddie you've been quiet over there what, what's new i know you're you're well, ready to I, judge up something. 
No, I was concentrating in the rabbit deal there because I was thinking, uh, you know, Chuck, what you do is you do a very simple act. You take the rabbit. If it so happens he passes out or passes away <laughs> during the production, you pretend you hypnotize him and you lay him on the side. You got it made, man. <laughs> They'll never know. Yeah, and then you the kids say, we'll bring, we'll bring him back. And Chuck's like, oh, I don't know. No, He's no. Not <laughs> he brings out the fat rabbit and says, look at this. The fat you rabbit. Know, you, you know. That's what you gotta do. You just gotta improvise, you know. Yeah, sure, sure. <laughs> yeah, um, I'm doing pretty good here. I'm, I was finishing up the magic set and stuff, and like anything, at the end, there's always a little nicks and knots that you have to straighten out, and everything looks like it's working as planned. Um, yeah, so you know, I, I'm I'm pretty happy to say that uh, it's going to be launched hopefully by the end of this week, God willing. Oh boy, and. Um, you know, another thing that I wanted to say, we, we are also, uh, just like you were told, you know, you're working on your book and we're looking forward for you to finish. Obviously, you're going to beat me and Joe and and us in, in our book that I was putting out because obviously we haven't worked on it in a while, but that's because of how much production, how much things we're doing at once and we're trying to grow the channel. And now we also uh, started uh, about four days ago, uh, I started putting like a slight cooking channel for our guests out there that they can listen to. And watch and stay healthy because we need our guests to all live past 100. Wow. Frankenstein did, so why can't we? You know what I mean? <laughs> so this way, we can have the same customers for a long time. When I say customers, you know, friends out there, uh, we can have an audience that, that would always be in, in their, you know, we'll be getting into our 80s, 90s, and they'll still be listening to us and buying magic tricks. So you want to keep them healthy, you know? <laughs> but you know what, man? I'll tell you what. I want to give a shout out to... Uh, Jim and Charlie there because they continue to listen to our shows each and every week. They become very good uh, uh, listeners. And uh, also to my grandson. My grandson has now been also a part of the show. Oh, uh, wow. He Great. actually wants to help me do some filming. And the other thing is, uh, of course, uh, Chuck there. Uh, Chuck is, is phenomenal. I can't say much anymore about him of, of how good he is. You know, and Joe... Uh, that carries the show and, and now we're we continue to grow uh we're now in seven countries i believe yeah seven countries and we got a uh, anchor sent us like a ribbon kind of thing saying you know how many how much we've grown wow we've grown by 378 percent i think it said or something like that yes yeah, and we're what over i think over 6200 listeners a week now and growing wow yeah and now we're also on eight platforms instead of seven uh I forgot exactly which is the app, but we are on podcast. I mean, uh, Google Cast. We are on Spotify, Anchor, uh, iTunes, which is podcast. I think the iTunes thing is called, and a couple more that I I really don't remember right now. But it's a total of eight, so that's pretty good. And now the other thing I wanted to bring up is I asked Jim. I said, Jim, have any, any luck finding the the brown derby hat that, uh, you know, from that apparently that ghost that haunted the house in, in Pennsylvania and the photograph. And he says his sister's working on it. She's looking through the family archives and stuff. And I can't wait to actually display it in my uh, my collection, you know. But other than that, everything's pretty good here. Um, I'm, I'm anxious to hear more about what you guys have to say about the, the traveling shows and the magic. And, uh, and Mike, uh, you sent, sent me a couple of photographs and they're really awesome, man. Oh, thanks. I, 
Well, my stuff's kind of different, you know. I mean, I do crazy stuff. Yeah, you were talking about the one where I pulled the chain through my neck. I really enjoy that one, uh, and uh, that was a particularly good shot. <laughs> I think if somebody walked into that and just heard, <laughs> "Yeah, I pulled the chain through my neck. I really enjoyed it." <laughs> what, what's going on in this? Well, it's just like the you know Igor from uh, Young Frankenstein. Oh, Guys, that's way. Hey, when I get a chance to get back home, I'm going to look at that hump. He says, "What hump? What hump? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> what hump? <laughs> yeah, it's hilarious." Hey, Joe, I had a question for you. Um, uh, last time I was on the program, you were about to watch West of Zanzibar with uh, Lon Chaney. Did you ever watch that? You know what? I I have not got around to uh, any okay. of these Lon Chaney's yet. It's it's been the the last I. Well, month and a half has just been crazy. I, yeah. I, have, I have a whole stack of movies that I'm, I'm so far behind. I'm behind on. <laughs> I, I wanted to have my, my newest article for Scary Monsters done by now, and I haven't even started that or watched the movie that I've, I've been um, – that I, I picked to, to write it on. And I just – with work and the holidays and just everything else, oh, you know, personal much. life, it's been oh, like – yeah. It's been crazy. I, I, I just, it's like I, I keep playing catch up, but I, I'm never actually, you know, catching up on anything. So right, I'm the same way. I'm, I'm yeah. hoping you know things are starting to kind of slow down a little bit now because mostly you know everything's you know done with. So I'm hoping these next few weeks I could, I could get caught up on my articles, some movies, and, and a few books. I got a whole stack of books that I've been, you know, trying to dig into as well, and it's just. You know, trying to play catch up, it, it, it's crazy. Oh, you know, yeah. I, I was going to say a lot of you guys, I don't know if you've done this, but uh, I did some catching up in my collection. I thought my collection was getting a little thin, you know, and I needed to get it bigger. <laughs> so I went to uh, Big Lots and I went to a couple of stores just a couple of weeks ago, uh, like maybe 10 days after Halloween. And I started picking up and I in Big Lots, I was able to get this clown in a rocking chair. And it's about maybe 18 inches tall. And, and you know, it, it rocks and it goes. <laughs> oh, that sounds and cool. And then it, pl- it plays a carnival uh, theme song, you know. Well, I'm sure the uh, wife loved that. <laughs> oh, no. She, she, I hit it. She never got to see it. And I also got a snake. <clears throat> when you get next to it, it looks like a coiled snake. And then a, a snake pops out and goes. It's, it's really fast. and It'll make you jump. And I was able to get a skull. Nice looking skull, you know. I think it laughs or something like that. But uh, I was able to get quite a few uh, nice collectibles, man. Um, I was also—I I don't know, Mike—if you got to listen uh, a week or two ago, I had Sarah Karloff. I think I asked you earlier. Yeah. Did you get to it, listen to that episode? You know, I haven't. I'm gonna listen to it on my next flight, so I'm saving it. <laughs> well, I'm telling you, that is a phenomenal. Uh, I learned so much about her dad and stuff that I didn't know, even though yeah, I that was a, that was amazing. That was amazing. Amazing episode, and I I found it so funny when I go. Do you know? You told me a long time your dad didn't uh, you know didn't collect his uh, his um, career, and she goes, "I wish he had." <laughs> right. Yeah. Oh gosh, was... could you imagine a few of those original Frankenstein posters? Oh, oh my goodness! My oh. gosh, that would be. A buddy of mine had an original one and he sold it about, he said, I think about 15 years ago and um, he sold it for a couple grand, but he kind of wishes he would have definitely held on for it because the price is only skyrocketing on all. 
you know, movie poster. You know, you know, there's a story I think I mentioned in an, an earlier episode. A guy in California, he went to a flea market. I don't know if it was in California or Las Vegas, and he bought some guy in the flea market said, "I got this poster here. I don't know if you, I think it's it's missing pieces, but there's a few posters inside this box, and he sold it to him." if I'm correct, for $20. When oh, the guy got home, he realized that the poster was sections of a larger poster. Some guy in New York who's a big Frankenstein movie collector, you know, original posters and stuff. Wow. That he was talking about the 25 sheet that he, the guy in New York had never seen a real one, but he had seen it in the original catalog. And mm-hmm. these are the ones that are billboard size. Yeah, he, he could not believe that this guy had actually found one in mint condition. So I don't know exactly what the price was and how much he sold it for, but I know the guy made a nice little hefty profit of a twenty dollar investment. Oh, uh, yeah. I was yeah. gonna go and say, hey, I think that was my poster. I left it there. <laughs> I just don't understand how I could never find stuff like that. I always hear these stories of people having these great finds, or you know, you hear stories of you know someone buys a uh, a painting out of at a garage sale for a dollar and it turns out to be some kind of rare, famous painting, oh, yeah. you know, tens of thousands. And you're like, are you kidding me? <laughs> it never happens to me either, Joe. I know. <laughs> no. I, I know. Me, man. I've been looking for the robot plants for years. Oh, take a drink. Take a drink. See, everybody's <laughs> gotten drunk and I can't find them. I'll tell you what, I'll tell you what. And I got to give a, uh, a shout out to Kev Cavarage, the artist who actually did my cover for the comic book. And he's done a lot of artwork for me. This guy is phenomenal. This guy actually has gone out of his way to connect with a collector that sells marble and, you know, comic book memorabilia. Uh And this guy actually said to him, I have the poster. I mean, the, um, you know, not the poster, the uh, robot plans. The only thing is, (laughs) 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 the only thing is that he hasn't seen it in about five years. And he says, as soon as he finds it, he will get it for me. Wow. He'll sell wow. It to me. So that, I mean, the guy's done marvelous work because, uh, you know, in fact, because of Cav, I almost made it to uh, Pawn Stars. Uh, and then the COVID thing came in, and I think they canceled everything that they were planning to do because I'm still haven't heard from them. Uh, I was scheduled to go over there with the Polaris nuclear sub. Oh, that would have been cool. Oh, yeah, man. it would have been phenomenal just to appear there. I mean, I, I probably would have built it for Rick if he would have given me a hundred thousand for it. You know? Right. <laughs> wow. But um, we know it's it's good it. because you would have probably and that you you know what would have happened is that you would have sold it there, probably got a good amount of money for it, and then after a while when it sunk in, you would have kicked yourself because you got rid of it. Oh, I would have kicked myself the moment I got rid of it because yeah. uh, the money would have been gone, and I'm what I like. Oh, I used to have one of those when yeah. I was little. Yeah. Work that way. Yeah, I, mean, some, I mean, some of the things, you know, it's, you know, everybody has their, their prized possessions and, you know, sometimes the money seems good, but, you know, that money runs out and then you have no money and you have no collectible. And you're like, well, what happened? Know, one thing I'm going to tell you guys, man, like I said, when I went to Honor House a year after it closed down in 1985, and the guy went to the back and he brings me out 11 Frankensteins oh. uh, and 12, actually 13 skeletons, bony the skeletons, all mint condition, all oh in the original gosh. envelope. And like an idiot, I started selling them on eBay anywhere from 180 to 212. 
I think the most I sold, but this is like 20 years ago before. Right. I, I think it was like the beginning of eBay. And when I look at it now, every time one of them pops up, I say to myself, I wonder if that's one of the ones I sold. It probably because is. Because I had, you know, 11 mint. Now, of course, I still have, uh, I had to, uh, I gave one to my buddy Joel over there. Oh, yeah, I still yeah, have one a, in mint condition. That's a beautiful one, too. I tell you what, that's, like I said, that's one of the, you know, monster collectibles I always wanted and, and could never, ever find. I'd never seen them anywhere. So yeah. that was definitely cool to get. Mm-hmm. So you guys know, man. He took it from me, man. Yeah. He took it from <laughs> he me. Took it from <laughs> now I'm waiting. Now I'm waiting for the uh, the skeleton one. The skeleton <laughs> one. The funny Christmas, Christmas times around the corner. Hint, hint. <laughs> no, you want to hear what's crazy about the skeleton? I remember selling him for as low as sixty bucks. Oh. Now that's sad because the skeleton. I mean, who would have thought in in 1997, 98 that eBay was going to become so big? Like right now. Any of those. In fact, I think they had recently uh, one of the six foot color Draculas. Yeah. And they were asking like $800 for it. It's like, Whoa. Yeah, they're asking a lot. In fact, here's the best thing. If you guys remember, I th- you got to remember Zachary. He's the one that always, the cool bull from Pennsylvania. Oh, yeah. Yep. Okay. Zachary, do you remember him, uh, Michael? Actually, I was watching him the other night because on Tubi, on Roku channel, and the Roku station, they have Tubi. And on Tubi, there's a whole special with Zachary doing uh, commentary on all these uh, short. They shortened down all the classic films, like from the 50s and 60s. And then he it's like a two-hour program featuring him commenting like he did in the old days, but on these short versions of each of the films. You know what, Mike? I I, I seen that. I have I actually bought that. They had on DVD. Uh, I bought that Monster Bash a few years ago, and it, it's fantastic. Yeah, I, I talking about. It. I've watched it a few times. It's it's, it's amazing. Really good. You know, I, I've been trying to find some of his shows, and um, I have one app on my Roku, and it has a lot of uh, classic horror movies and, and stuff on it, and a lot of them by some newer um, horror hosts, but they have one Zachary on there, an original one. Oh, wow. And um, it's on, oh, I can't remember, um, I think it's, it's if, you're, if you have Roku, try to find uh, Mr. Lobo's, um, his okay. app. And he has it listed on there. Now, there's only one of them. And when he put it on there, I got a hold of him and to see if he had any more. And he said he was trying to get more. Now, this was about two years ago. Said he was trying to find more, but he said they were really hard to come by, you know. And like yeah, I said, two years they, ago, they there's still only one on there. So Yeah, because well, a lot of that stuff, they just reused the tape in those days. They, they just They didn't save them. That's right. Well, but yeah, it, know, it is on there. If you download it, you'll be able to find that that full episode with with Zachary, and it's it's fantastic. I'll yeah, do but, it. Well, you guys got to remember is that Zachary was based out of the Pennsylvania area, mm-hmm. so where he you would see his shows more. It's kind of like back in 1973, where for one season only you had the hilarious House of Frightenstein from Canada, even though that it was 23 seasons long. But they're very hard to come by in this country, I guess, for copywriting whatever it is, because in Canada, they didn't really care, I guess, even though Vincent Price was part of that show. Wow. But it, you know, it's called The Hilarious House of Frightenstein, but mm. it sounds like Frankenstein. And, uh, I mean, it, the the beginning of it and the end of it was done by um, Vincent Price. So it, it's phenomenal, the voice. The wow. Um, That's cool. But that, that happened only in the New York, New Jersey area. It would air at 3 p.m. in Channel 11. 
and it was great. And it was only his, the name of the actor is Van. I know his first name is Van, V-A-N. I forgot his last name, hmm. but he actually acted out all the parts and he copied like the Wolfman Jack and the Wolfman was like a psychedelic Wolfman that played music. And then there was the librarian that looked like a, a very old, um, uh, this famous writer was Mark Twain with the big mustache. Yeah, and it was Frankie. Uh, Frankenstein was dead on a slab, and Dracula was always trying to get him to come up. And he's like Brucey, Brucey, and it's all once one actor. I never wow. that it was all one actor. But anyway, the point is that I was going to tell you guys, Zachary, back in the day, I was able to get a. Uh, he actually loaned me his original poster. And I took that poster because I didn't have the original and I reproduced it I, at 600 DPIs. And I started selling life uh, size posters of Zachary, uh, which I'm still to this day selling. But the thing was, it was kind of interesting. One day they made a mistake in, sta in Staples where I was getting them done at the time. And the guy did for me two of them in canvas. Oh. And he's like, oh, man, I made a mistake. I said, no, I'll take them. It's fine. So I, I paid him whatever. I took him with me, and I had Zachary sign both of them. And my oh, wow. shock and dismay when I, I sold one on Etsy for $978. Ooh. And I oh, kept the other, which I still have. But that's a unique one of a kind because that poster was never done on, on canvas. So wow. I, me and whoever the guy was that bought the other one um, have the original. And, you know, I thought that was unique in, in itself, but, you know. You also got this guy, Van Gooley, Span Gooley, I think it is. Sven Gooley? Yeah, he's pretty good, man. I actually had to laugh at some of his... Uh... Yeah, I watch him every week. He's out of Chicago, yeah. Is that the one with the rubber chicken? Yes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and he's, he's, he's very good to his fans, too. I mean, my daughter did a painting of him on a rec... She took a vinyl 33 and a third, and she painted his logo on it with him. She sent it into him, and he actually displayed it on his show. Oh, uh, wow. That's, cool. that's nice. You know, yeah. you know what, what? What's funny is that several several years ago, maybe about so it started about six or seven years ago. I, I found that Sven Gulli was on MeTV. Yeah, and here in Youngstown, we cannot get we. There was no way to get MeTV. It was out. You could get it if you're in Cleveland or if you're in Pittsburgh, but it wouldn't come into this area in Youngstown. Wow. Ohio. So I said, man, I said I, I need to find a way to because I really started getting into horror hosts at the time. And i watched some of his older ones on YouTube and all that. And, and online, I said, man, I said, I, I got to get this me TV and they're playing all these old, you know, shows and old movies on there. And I'm like, I got to get this me TV. So I, I was, I was looking at putting up a satellite, uh, <laughs> like a, a satellite dish or an antenna on my house. And I talked to a few places and they said that, where I'm at, I would just be like a mile or two short of being able to get the signal out of uh, Pittsburgh would have been closer. Yeah. I said, you wow. got to be kidding me. I said a mile or two. I said, there's no way to, to, you know, amp it up to, to get, they said, Nope, you're, you're just out of the radius. I said, you got to be kidding Joe. me. So, so it gets better. <laughs> so then we get rid of our cable and get dish TV. Cause I heard a lot of, a lot of places you could get, me TV on dish. Unfortunately, my area, you could not get me TV on dish. So oh. we got dish TV. So I kept, I think once a week for about a year or two, I would email dish TV to get me TV on there. I kept emailing them, emailing uh, them, email tons of email on them. 
for like two years. It had to be once or twice a week, every week for two wow. years. And they still did not get it on there. So anyways, me, my wife and I, we ended up moving a few blocks over from where we were, got rid of Dish TV, and um, just kind of went with the streaming services. And about a month or two after we got rid of Dish TV, what do you think happens? Oh, no. They pick up me TV. I'm like, you have got to be kidding me. Because <laughs> they, they sent me an email saying that, you know, thank you for all your emails and all that. We just want to inform you that wow. Dish TV now has me TV. I'm like, you have got to be kidding me. <laughs> wow. But, but Joe, uh, I, was like, I was so heartbroken, man. I said, ah. Oh. So do you, do, do you have me TV? What's that, Chuck? Do, do you have me TV now then? No, because I we never got the, the dish network or anything. Oh, we just we got all the streamings and everything. But I, I ended up, you know, finding um uh that monsterchannel.com where they have twenty four seven shows and they have a lot of um That's horror hosts cool. on there, so I kind of supplemented with that. But yeah, yeah I was cool. never able to get you know me TV. So wow, wow. Yeah, Joe, watched, you know, uh, Joe, I can ahead. make your dream come true with me TV, you know that, right? <laughs> Why is that? Ah, I have to talk to you later, my friend. Okay. I, but listen, one thing I'm going to tell you is very sad. There's two things you could have done. You could have moved your house a mile closer. Yeah. You could have ran, ran an antenna from two miles away to your house. <laughs> I tried. I was so disappointed when they said you were just a mile or two right outside the radius. I said, yeah. Are you kidding me? <laughs> you know, yeah, I, I, for all those years I tried, man. And then as soon as I got rid of Dish, boom, there it is. They get me TV. I said, "You unbelievable. Yeah, Sven does a nice show. I really enjoy him. Uh, and uh, But, you know, I also listen to Lamia on uh, her channel. She's also oh, on. Pretty good, too, yeah. Yeah, I enjoy her. And I was going to tell you guys something. Speak about TV and monsters and stuff. Um, how many of you guys are Dark Shadows fans? Any of you guys oh, Dark Shadows fans? Absolutely. Oh, absolutely, yeah. Well, I wanted to let you know. I mean, Joe, you know, because you read my article where I spent the day on Dark Shadows set when I was a child. But but I um, what I wanted to mention was that they're going to do most of the original cast are doing a version of Christmas Carol coming up on December 19th. It's absolutely free and it's online. Uh, And if you go to Catherine Lee Scott's uh, page on Facebook, there's the links there and it's going to have David Selby, Quentin Collins. It's going to have Mitch Ryan. It's going to have um, Jerry Lacey, you know, who's, who's Reverend Trask and all of that. It's going to have a little boy who's now grown up, David. And it's going to have Kathleen Lee Scott, Laura Parker, Angelique the Witch, Marie Wallace, who was Eve, you know, the Bride of Frankenstein on the TV show. Um, it's going to have who was Carolyn Stoddard. And it's going to have Vicky from there. So it's all all the pretty much remaining stars from it that are still alive. They're going to do a reading of Charles Dickens' Christmas Carol on December 19th on Sunday. It's 4 p.m. on Pacific. 7 p.m. Eastern, and it's absolutely free. So if you're a Dark Shadows fan, you got to go to Catherine Lee Scott's Facebook page, get that link, and watch it. Do you know what the what the link is? I don't have a social media or anything. Do um, you know what the web page might be, or is it just uh, going through Facebook? Uh, let's see. Um, let me see if I can see this for you, Joe. Just because you don't have it doesn't mean you can't go on it. You don't, you can just go on it and uh, and get the link. You don't have oh, to really. Have- yeah, you don't have to have a signed account. Oh, but, okay. I have to check that out you, then. You know, I it, it depends a- if you, you can do it on YouTube. It says or Zoom. Uh, and um, actually, Joe, if you want to message me or something, I'll I'll send you the links. Okay. Yeah, we'll do that. Joe, Just uh, text message okay. me or whatever. 
Okay. I was going to tell you guys one thing about Dark Shadows. There was a co-worker of us. Uh, me and Jim were working at, in this place, and we compared the guy. He looked just like uh, Barnabas Jones. What's the name of the Barnabas Collins? Yeah, Barnabas Collins. And uh, you know, I show him the picture, and I go, uh, "What are you doing here?" And the guy almost ate us alive. <laughs> he got pretty upset. It was so funny because it was an identical copy of the guy. Wow! I thought it was his twin brother, man. <laughs> yeah, I, I spent a, I spent a day on the set with him, and he was a very nice man. Yeah. He didn't try sucking your blood? Uh, no, no. Uh, it was really weird because, you know, they would sit around in T-shirts with uh, tissue around their necks because they had their makeup on and they do their rehearsals with, you know, with the scripts. And then all of a sudden, you know, they come into the dress room, they're all dressed and they're they're Now they're Barnabas Collins. It's like, wow, one minute it's an actor. The next minute it's like, wow, he's here. It's Barnabas. And Quentin and Barnabas were there that day. And so it was crazy. And I played on the sets of the graveyard and all that. But uh, but yeah, there, no, he never tried to buy my neck. <laughs> uh, the Barnabas, it's, uh, he died, didn't he? Yes, Jonathan Fred had passed away. Um, they're still trying to get a star for him on the um, Canadian Hall of uh, Walk of Fame, where they have uh, similar to Hollywood, but in Canada. Can, can oh, they that'd, use be, that'd Joe? be great. Can What's that? Joe? Can they use Joe? The only thing is that Joe doesn't have as much hair. <laughs> yeah, after let it give me a day or two, it'll grow out. <laughs> I mean, come on, he's a good host. Hey, hey Mike, <laughs> I wanted to ask you: Do you have anything uh, coming up for Scary Monsters in the next few issues? You know, I'm so busy writing my book, I, I haven't yet. But I'm I'm considering writing an article. It's I, I may submit it to Don and Vicky over there on a film, uh, an interesting film uh, that star a silent film that stars Boris Karloff, and in it he's a mesmerist. And also a magician. Oh wow, that's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. Nope. I I have never seen them do an article on that particular one. I've done articles, of course, on hypnosis movies for them, but uh, yeah, I hadn't seen it done before. And so I thought, you know, that'd be an interesting. It's called the the movie's called The Bells. It's based on Edgar Allan Poe's story, The Bells, and oh. uh, it has Lionel Barrymore in it, also with Karloff, and um, mm. he actually levitates a lady in it and all sorts of things. It's really cool. Ooh, oh, that's, that's, really, that's really interesting. How, how come? How come nobody writes an article on House of the Unusual? How we met Frankenstein? Well, how, there you go. How Joe got bitten by Dracula? <laughs> that's for you, Eddie. That that's there you go. That's yeah, that could be your first article. Yeah. Well, I mean, how we interviewed I'm, I'm, Sarah Carlock. <laughs> And it will start off. Uh, we're looking for the robot monster plan. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Why what not? About, what about your book, Michael? So it's on it's ghost hunting. Is that what you said? Yeah, yeah. It's I'm I'm actually turning in the draft of it in April, and it'll be out in 2023. But um, the working title right now is Ghost Transfer: A Hypnotist Among the Spirits. Oh well, cool. Do you guys do you guys actually do uh, ghost hunting? I know Joe's involved with different things. Do you actually go out to different locations? And- oh yeah, that's that's what I do. I've I've been all over the place. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, okay. if you go to my YouTube, you can you can see some of them. Last uh, I've done done all over the place, really crazy stuff. And then I had insane ghost uh, things that happened with ghosts over in Asia and Malaysia, and um, when I was on tour over there, and also in Las Vegas, a very fascinating story that I. I, I experience, but yeah, I do. I go ghost hunting almost any chance I get because 
a lot of times, you know, what happens late at night is uh, when I get done with shows in different locations, uh, you know, you want to stay up and because you're kind of hyped from the shows. So yeah. rather than going to the bar or something, I go to a, a graveyard or a cemetery and spend the night, you know? Oh, yeah. yeah. I tell you what, Michael, you know, I think I mentioned it on one of the previous podcasts. I actually grew up on a haunted house. And uh, yeah, every, oh. yeah, every man, probably around eight or nine o'clock at night. I was pretty young, but I, you know what? But I still got the gist of it uh, that something wasn't right. Up in our attic, you'd hear loud footsteps going up and down the steps. And, um, and it, you know, like breathing. And, and my dad popped his head up, uh, you know, like through the doorway. And like there was a mist floating around. But every night, like clockwork. And I'd just start crying. I was only about four years old. <laughs> yeah. And I, I tell you what, I have a buddy of mine that doesn't believe in anything. I mean, he goes, oh, that was a mouse. I said, yeah, okay. That was a 200-pound mouse with a work boots and, a, and asthma. You know? yeah. wait, wait a second. Wait, wait, Chuck. I've seen um, the cat from um, what? Oh my God! Not Tweety Bird. The other guy. I've seen Sylvester. Sylvester. He always, he always yeah. battles a two hundred pound mouse. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes. So there's a possibility. Hey, Mike. Uh, last time you were on, did I tell you about my my ghost sighting of a, of a dog at my house? Yes. 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 Okay. That was fascinating. I I think that's awesome. And you know, I, I I still think of that. And even I was in in the basement yesterday doing laundry and like, it's like every time I go in the basement now, I'm like, am I going to see this again? Or, you know, oh, what's going to go on? I mean, it's still, gosh, cool. it was, you know, for people that don't believe and you know, I'm, I'm a very skeptical person too, but I like to keep an open mind. And I, I tell you what, man, that was something that's still every time in my mind when I, when I go in the basement and I don't know if I told you guys, or we've mentioned it before, but at our, my wife and I's old house, when our first dog passed away, um, he used to be crated all the time when, when we left the house because he was just a maniac. He was a little toy fox terrier, and he was just just an absolute nut. Oh, wow. And so we had to crate him every time we left because we had seven dogs at the time, and some of them were small, and he would just, you know, we didn't want him to hurt them, not intentionally, but just him running around and, you know, playing and everything. So we would keep him in a little crate, and after he passed away – my wife would find the crate in the morning with the door open wow. and she would close it, you know, put the, it was one of those, you know, a metal crate, you know, what, where you could see inside and all that. And she would close it. And then the next morning it would be open again. And I, hmm. I you know, she's like, Bro. I don't know if that's him saying, you know, keep the crate open, you know, but it was, it was very weird. Wow. Joe, you have two great cool. books, Joe. Do not open the crate. And yeah. don't go down to the basement. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, you got two titles there, Joe. You can start out very soon, man. Yeah, all, all the dogs. But, you know, I, people always talk about, you know, seeing, you know, human ghosts. But I, I always like the the stories with that have to deal with animals and all that. I've heard, you know, all kinds of different ones with birds, dogs, cats, horses, you know, you well, name it. Well, that's Those are always cool. Well, that's encouraging. I'm, you know, I'm, you know, I'm very glad they heard it. I, I was just curious, Michael, when you go into the summit, encounter things. Is there is there different different things that you encounter when you go through cemeteries at night? Uh, oh, sure. Yeah, I mean, uh, the, you'll you'll. I've gone to many uh, San Antonio, different parts of the country, Montana, and um, yes, we get incredible reactions. Um, uh, it's it's interesting because uh, I think that some. I think the spirits, like I've said before on here, I think, uh, you know, they don't know they're really dead. So I don't even know if they know why they're there. 
Um, but yes, I, I use, we use the dowsing rods. We use uh, ghost boxes to communicate and we always get very interesting evidence. Uh, and so it's fascinating. You know what? It's amazing that cemeteries take on a really ominous look at night. You know what? I've only been in the cemetery maybe two or three times. And, you know, like, you know, when it's dusk and it gets dark, it's yeah. amazing, it's amazing how the change uh, happens. It just looks like a totally ominous, you know what? It, you know, the, the way it shows it on, on the TV shows like there's always a moonlit type of a night and there's light. Those things are pitch black, man. You can't even see your, <laughs> your hand. Oh, I know. I know. I know. I, I, I was raining there. Well, yes, exactly. But yeah, and, and it's foggy and whatever. But but yeah, no, you know, I find them very peaceful places and I always communicate with them in a positive way. And I, you know, I always, you know, I don't, I, I've never had a negative experience, Chuck, but it's always fascinating. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I like to walk in the cemetery during the day. I I, I take my dog the day I, we walk. Oh, yeah, you know what it? Yeah, it is. A, yeah, I'm. I mean, uh, you know what? That's during the day, like I said. But in the evening, they do take a. It's it's it is really spooky, man. It has an ominous feel to it. It really does. Yeah, I used to. I used to run around one in uh in Youngstown. They have a one of the real old ones. They have they have a lot of mausoleum type, um, you know, graves in there, and it's just it, it's on a big hill. So there's a lot of nice hills. So if you're running, getting in shape, it's a great place to to great run place. or walk. And yeah. I tell you what, even during the day, it's, you know, you look at some of them, and it's freaky. And if you drive by, if, if you drive on 680, um, it, it, you could see it at night and because it, it sits right against the uh, the freeway. So if you, if you have like, you know, sh- uh, the street lights kind of hitting it or if you have a moon out or yeah, uh, car lights hitting it, it's just it's really weird because you could you'll see, you know, as the lights move and all that from the cars and stuff you'll see the shadows and everything moving there and it could be, it could be really spooky looking. Absolutely. Now, Joe, you go running in them or is it that you see ghosts and you, you have to flee? <laughs> yeah. I'm hoping they chase me in there. and get me moving a little faster. I'll, 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 <laughs> I tell you what, I'd be booking. I wouldn't be jogging anymore. You guys are missing the big picture here. There's nothing cooler than a ghost ship. You got to oh, walk yeah. to the cemetery. You go the night, and you go into the beach, like in Miami, whatever, and you go into pitch darkness. And if you look out yonder, I guarantee you, you see like a little boat or something with a skeleton just pushing himself along the water. <laughs> that, I think that would be really cool to see like a, a ghost ship or something with like the torn sails and everything just floating. Oh, ah, so, like, so now, like remember the, uh, what was it, the end of Goonies when that, that ghost ship, uh, one eye Willie ship came out? Yeah, there. That you know, I'm like, cool. man, how cool would that be? <laughs> that's what oh, I'm saying. Yeah. So, you guys are talking about, no, 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 the ghost ship part. That's from my, <coughs> excuse me. You know, you guys, I got it. <coughs> excuse me again. Wow. Yeah, right there, you're getting I'm, choked I'm out. talking from the ghost ship. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, <coughs> oh, my gosh. There's a Jolly Rogers series that came out by Lindbergh, the Lindbergh line. Oh. And there's also a uh, uh, a Russian company. I forgot the name of the Russian company, but they all introduced their own version of the uh, Flying Dutchman. Eddie, I have to tell you something. <coughs> oh my god! While, while you're coughing, there, it's going to make you cough more. I got. I finally got the Russian one, Ghost Ship, the oh. glow in the dark. Oh. Mm. Well, it's the guess same. What? I got What's something that? that's going to make, make you cough more. You know what I got? <laughs> versions of it. Okay? 
And the two versions that the Russian made, guess what? I have the two, and I got two of each, and I got years flying Dutchman. What was oh, the second wow. one? What was the second I, one that they made? They, I, I'm going to send you a picture later. Uh, it's uh, it's the same flying Dutchman. I think it's the, same. the box is different, but the artwork in the in the Russian one is phenomenal, man. Yeah, that's the one that I that I ordered. It's like a it's all written in Russian, and it's got just. That's why I'm like, man, this is phenomenal artwork. And what's funny is that I, the guy had it listed for, I think it was like 59 something and some change with free shipping. Mm. So I sent him, I, I, I sent him a best offer of like 55 and he goes, oh no. He goes, the only, the lowest I could go was, you know, I think it was like 57, 50. Uh. I said, no, no. So I, I kept it on my watch list and he sent me a couple weeks later for uh 50 bucks flat i said yep i'll take it <laughs> wow wow i said yeah so i was excited it's supposed to be here i think friday so i'm, I'm, I'm really excited i'm i'm torn if i want to try to put it together because there's pictures i've seen pictures of it put together and it it just looks really cool like glow it, just in the light it looks cool but the glow in the dark part it looks well, fantastic and i'm like i don't know if i want to put it together or just keep it in the box well, Joe, what I wanted to tell you is they're all actually the same model kit, I think. I have, like I told you, for some reason I went nuts and I bought uh, uh, four of the Russian because I fell in love with the artwork. Oh, it's and I beautiful. bought uh, I bought actually three of the Lindbergh ones, but I did to give my job. There was a guy, a friend of mine who was building and he I gave it to him, but then he said it was going to be too tough, so I took it back. And now I have three, but the one that's open... Uh, what I did with that is it's all, I mean, if you got to build the whole glow in the dark thing, I wouldn't even paint it because it's so phenomenal. Just the whole thing glow in the dark because it's all in glow in the dark plastic. But here's the other part to it. They also make a puzzle of the Flying Dutchman and the other one from uh, Pirates of the Caribbean, um, the Black Pearl. And oh, I got yeah? those, those are like 45 inches tall and like 30 inches long. They're huge. They go for like 45, 50 bucks. And I purchased uh, two of the Flying Dutchman and one of the, because, you know, I want to open one, obviously, to build it and the other two just to keep, right? I got to tell you, I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a nut for haunted houses and ghost ships. I love ghost ships. And one thing I'm going to tell you, and, and this is no kidding, when you look at the ghost ship, they used to make one. Uh, a couple of years ago, that was called the Ghost Ship. It's a small, like nine-inch version, which I built one or two, and I think I have like five or six originals of those. Those go for over a hundred bucks when they sell. And I also have uh, the Flying Dutchman Lindbergh from the 1940s. It's mm. a bigger box. I have all those, but I got to tell you, uh, Russian ones they cost me like sixty bucks each because the, the shipping is like thirty dollars just to get here. Yeah, I was just going to say that the shipping got to be high. And yeah, and the reason I got two is because the first one, the box came slightly dented, and I don't like that. So I just right. ordered another one. I was going to return it, and then I said, ah, "Screw it, I'll keep both of them." I yeah, said, I, don't, I don't know. I'd like to see who does the artwork for them because it's it's they, definitely amazing. I mean, if you guys just go on there and look for Flying Dutchman model kit Russian, and you'll see it on there. It, it's, I mean, it'll blow you away. I mean, it would actually, it would make a, a really cool poster too, especially if you could get the the poster to glow in the dark. Well, oh, it's it, too bad, Joe. It'd be amazing. I already blew it, Joe. I'm sorry. I, I I'm getting <laughs> a 30, 24 by thirty six poster delivered pretty soon. Uh -oh. I just, I'm surprised. Who told you about the Russian uh, 
Flying Dutchman. Was it me? Yeah, you did. Oh. Yeah, because right, right when you had mentioned it on one of the podcasts, I went to go look for him, and you like cheater. I said, I found that the guy had it for about 60 bucks with free shipping, and I said, oh, I'll, I'll try to get it a little bit lower. I, I mean, I was going to eventually purchase it, because like you said, when you were mentioning the artwork, and when I actually seen it on there and then seen how it was built up, I mean, it, it's probably one of the best-looking model kits that I, I've seen in a long time. Like I said, I, I don't know who did the artwork on it, but – it, it's well, absolutely fantastic. Well, here's the thing between between the Flying Dutch the the difference of the Flying Dutchman is that it's actually a ship of legend. It's not a real ship. It never existed, but the legends of it existed. Well, if you but, build it up and put it in your swimming pool, it will exist. Well, that's a good idea. <laughs> no, but what I was gonna say there, I have. There's a time that I was a fanatic for ghost ships, and I started selling books of the ghost ships of the great lakes. And I got a hold of the publisher and I used to sell one called ghost ship of the great lakes. Uh, there was uh, various, I must have like maybe seven or eight different uh, books about real ghost ships, you know, like ghost ships that disappear, yeah. whatever. But the flying Dutchman though, is it's just my favorite. It's up there. I've, I've thought about writing booklets about it. Um, just like another thing that I am like the Eldridge, uh, which I, I know we know the Philadelphia experiment known as, you know, where the ship traveled. Right. Time. Right. That's cool. Uh, th yeah. Those two things are phenomenal. Now the original Eldridge is actually owned by, I think, Korea, South Korea. They made it into some type of merchant vessel, but I got really into that ever since I heard, I saw it in the uh, Pawn Stars when Rick Harris bought a piece of it. And then I, I, I went crazy trying to obtain photographs of the ship, uh, which I have a couple but one thing I'm going to tell you guys, there's a beer. I forgot the name of the beer. Uh, it's called North North something. And they did a special edition, like a ghost ship with a, a pirate at the helms, a, a, a skeleton. And let me tell you, I the artwork was like three, four hundred bucks. And I'm like, wow. So I made one for myself, you know, just one for myself. Wow. What a poster. I went all the way. I printed that on, on like the heavy duty canvas. Yeah. For outdoor. What a poster, man. And it has the storm. I think it's called After the Storm and Before. I mean, it's it's very beautiful artwork and it's it's the company that produces it. They do sell posters for it, but for hundreds of dollars. And I was debating, should I get an original? Should, but the whole thing is, you know what? You can't beat it. It's it's phenomenal. And the Russian really kicked butt with this. I always said. American posters of the 1950s were great. French, they beat them, and the Italian were even larger. They had better artwork. But the same, I think the Russians just beat the Americans uh, and, and the artwork for uh, the pirate ghost ship. It's phenomenal. Yeah. You know what those, you know what those models sound like when we were kids? The uh, strange change models. Those were cool. They were fantastic. Mm. I don't remember what were the strange change ones. There was I got the skeleton. Uh, well, there's a there's a there's a Dracula that lays in the coffin, and when you and when you and when you pull the trigger on the side or you push the button, it's it's like a spring loaded rubber band that you have. It, it'll it'll side, and then when you open up the coffin again, he's changed to a skeleton. And there's also a, a time traveler that's in a capsule. He's like a scientist, you know what? And it's actually dated because he's wearing bell bottom jeans with platforms and stuff yeah <laughs> yeah so uh he's at the control panel okay but then when you close the door 
and you push the button, it'll it'll spring load again and rotate inside. And now when you when you open the door up, it's all pre. He's getting a he like he's getting attacked by dinosaurs and so forth. Oh it's wow, a, that's uh, it, there was also a mummy. A mummy yeah, too. that's right. There was a mummy. You know what? And uh, on one of my videos on YouTube, I actually put electronics to the strange change uh, time traveler. So I just, oh wow, yeah. So I just close the door and I hit the remote and it changes by itself. And then you open it up and it it'll change sceneries. You know, but did those, those oh, wow. did those come out in the seventies, Chuck? I would say late sixties, early seventies. Eddie would probably know. They, exactly. No, they came. They came out in the early seventies. I do have the three of them. Uh, it was a key that you stuck in the coffin when you turned the key. key. That's correct. Yeah, it was turned, but I, I built one of them. I sold it on eBay. I still have one sealed. And they also did a remake of them last mm-hmm. year. Okay. So you can actually get them again. I think they go on their, not Jolly Rogers series. It's something like that. But just look for the changing skeleton coffin. Yeah. And it's a vampire. And, you know, the only Joey, thing. Joe, you have to get them. I'm telling you, they're unbelievable. I'll have to it's, check them out, see if I can find some on, on uh, eBay or, or some original yeah. one. Original is too much. The eBay ones are like $24. You could probably get it. Yeah, I'll definitely have to check that. I don't know if I've seen them before, if I just forgot, but the, the Dracula one sounds really cool. Oh, it does. Go to my website. Back when I was a kid, they were, they were new. You know, we got those when I was a kid, along with the Fright Factory, the Thing Maker. I mean, it was, it was really cool, man. Well, if you guys go into my, you know, go into the House of the Unusual website and look at the tour of my place. Yeah. And when it comes out of the office, when it comes out, you're going to see this, the uh, Dracula one right there, Joe. I have it right there sealed. Oh, That's okay. I'll have to check that out. I probably probably see, noticed it when I, I watched the video the first time and just never never really thought of it because there's so much stuff there to look at. Yeah, but, hey, Joe, guys, we're getting down to the, the last three minutes here, so I want to wrap it up real quickly and uh, let everyone know to check us out at houseoftheunusual.com. Sign up for our free form there. Also, check us out on YouTube under House of the Unusual. Uh, tons of great videos out there coming out weekly from Eddie and Chuck. Uh, a lot of new stuff, so definitely check that out. Subscribe to the channel, like our videos, and definitely interact with us in, in the comments. Uh, also, uh, head over to MyMovieMonsters.com because the new issue of Scary Monsters is now shipping and should be or sh- should shortly be at your local bookstore. I just got my copy in the other day of the 1951 thing cover, and Scott Jackson just knocked it out of the park again. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so – and everybody will get – unless you um, unless you did a, a subscription, you'll have to get the 1982 thing cover at the, the stores, which looks fantastic as well. I'm definitely going to pick up that one, so I have both covers – and um, I, I was I was really surprised to see that my article made it into this issue because they were having um, they had a lot of carryover articles. So I wrote them something real short on keeping Christmas creepy on how you could add little things. You know, if you're a Halloween fan and all that and you want to, you know, put a little bit of creepiness into Christmas because Christmas is very creepy. You know, when you think about a Christmas carol and, you know, scary ghost stories and everything. Oh, yeah. And you start really getting into the Victorian age of, of story. A lot of it revolves around Christmas. So I kind of uh, did a short article and molded it on how you could keep Christmas creepy. Some little uh, tips on there. So definitely check it out. What page? Uh, so what page is that on? It's on page 72. I'm going to read it as soon as we get off of here. Yeah, it's just just a small two-page article. So that's it. And um, uh, Joe? What's uh, up? I, I need my copy, man. 
I will definitely, you know, as soon as it gets it out to the the store, last when I checked last week at Barnes and Nobles, it wasn't there. So I'm going to check uh, actually Friday and I'll grab a copy. So we're down to the last minute. So uh, Eddie, Chuck, uh, Michael, thank you guys again for joining us. Uh, interesting conversation to say the least. And we want to thank all of our listeners out there in what are we at seven countries now? So whatever country you're, you're finding us from, Thank you for listening and definitely subscribe to our channel on whatever platform you're listening on and keep coming back. Cause every week we're, we're just talking about stuff that, you know, we enjoy talking about basically. So you never know what you're going to get when you, when you listen to us. So uh, thanks again, guys, for joining us and everybody out there in podcast land. Thanks for joining us and we'll see you next week. Good night. God bless everybody. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye now guys. Bye-bye.